Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Good morning, Vietnam! I drink your milkshake. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Sorry, you just tough talk a dead body? Get busy living or get busy dying. Keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. That's God right. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You ain't heard nothing yet. Hey, Film Files. We're joined today by a couple of mild celebs. I'm here with director Joey Fondle from Chicago and also Chicago actor Norm Burns. Thanks for being here, guys. Is there another way that you would like to be introduced? I've never been introduced as an actress. This is exciting for me. I've, ne- I've, I've never. I'm, I'm dead on. I'm, I'm set. I've never been introduced, period. Well, enough of that guy. We're just going to focus on Norm tonight. Uh, no, I'm here with my friend <laughs> Joey Fondle. He uh, directed the film Speed Racer uh, Into the Moon that we did a podcast on uh, like six months ago. And Norm, who played Jonathan Quest. John, John <laughs> Quest, that's right. So we don't have to stay on It Follows. Okay. I'm, I'm a, a horror nerd. Right. Um, and you've been saying you watch a lot of them lately. Yeah, we, I have been watching quite a few horror. The first thing that I liked about It Follows was that uh, original screenplay. Yeah, and that totally. with horror, with horror especially, it seems like this, you know, there'll be one film that does really well and establishes this formula, and then it's just kind of like pumping out different variations of that yeah. formula, you know. But this was a movie that clearly had a lot of influence and was like an homage film, but still was very, very original and very, very new. Yeah, and shot in Detroit. Yeah, which yeah. Which I thought oh, was crazy. very cool and very smart. Yeah, um, I guess there's a lot of tax advantages. I don't know what the tax credit is like. I think in Detroit you can just kind of set up your camera and film anywhere and <laughs> yeah. no one bothers like, you. No, really, anywhere you want. <laughs> yes. Anywhere you want to film is fine. Yeah, the the crumbling infrastructure that was like in every major horror scene in that mm-hmm. film. Yeah, it was like perfect. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that was in Detroit. Yeah, it's, it's Detroit. Um, I watched it with a with a Detroiter. Oh yeah. Yeah, and uh, and she like was able to point out like, oh, that's Detroit. Like, she just knew. <laughs> people, me. people from Detroit, like they know Detroit. Detroit's been popping up in a lot of movies. I feel like I feel like their that tax incentive has gone a long way. I know mm-hmm. Batman. V Superman Dawn of Justice. Oh yeah, that was Detroit. That was Detroit, um, except for the scene where Batman's parents were killed. Uh, Chicago. Uh, it's just strangely, yeah. Strangely enough, Aragon, right down the street from uh, where we live, Norm. That's right, the local theater. And I always say, I used to say, like I kid you not, this street looks like the alley where Batman's parents were killed. Yeah, you could kind of you could kind of throw a rock in Chicago and find an alley that looks like it's where. The Waynes were but gunned they, down. They didn't have to change anything about the street. They just left it as is. You know, sometimes they add a little bit of set dressing to the scene. Mm-hmm. Like they, they're like, okay, we'll put a little bit, a little bit more trash here and there. Oh yeah. But I feel like that particular street, they were just oh, like, oh no, it's it's Let's ready just to shoot go it as is. Yeah. Uh, the Aragon Theater is uh, <laughs> is prominently displayed in yeah. the background. They didn't even ask anyone to leave. It was it was so perfect. <laughs> yeah, they just left those guys in the back. Yeah, they didn't even mention they were filming. The, uh, the people in line to the methadone clinic can oh, be right. seen yeah, yeah. in the background. 
I watched the remake of Blair Witch. Well, I shouldn't say remake, because this is what really confused me, is I watched Blair Witch thinking that it was, like, just a total remake. So, assuming that the whole first movie, like, all of the lore from the first one never happened. It was a sequel. It was, like, a legitimate sequel. Yeah. But, you know, like, the differences between remakes and reboots is all about, like, where's the timeline here? That's true. do you imagine that you'll see Blair Witch? Yeah, one? yeah, we watched that. It was interesting. Uh, yeah, we were we were super excited to watch it. Yes, and right? we did watch. Yeah, and uh, well, Sarah might have been like, ah, like okay, and I was talking about how huge the Blair Witch was when I when I saw it, and she was like, ah, like whatever. I didn't really care for it. I thought it was, what did I, I forget exactly what she said, but we were super stoked to to see the new Blair Witch, and I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. The craziest thing though is. What I took from this Blair Witch is, and it's funny, to answer the idea of time, is this a sequel, is it a reboot? Mm-hmm. It very much can't really be called either, because they, int- they, they bring forth the element of time mm-hmm. involving the story of being lost in these woods with the Blair Witch. Yeah, there's like a time space They never thing. talk about, in the, first, in the Blair Witch project, it's never mentioned, no one's ever like... It's been seven days. Well, they talk about how long they've been there, mm-hmm. but they've never been able to run up to somebody and say, it's been seven days. And yeah. they're like, it's only been an hour. It's- the Blair, the new Blair Witch film brings forth an element of trapped in time mm-hmm. where however long you enter into the trap, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like there's no escaping. Yeah. Once they went into that place, there was no escaping. They couldn't so it find their way out. The original. So this is kind it's of It's like you're spoiler. lost in time. Huh. But it's it was definitely worth a watch, and it was directed by Adam Wingard, who's like really he directed the guest. Oh, oh. the guest was good. The guest was I awesome. Like guest. I was like da- I was dangerously obsessed with it. Follows, and I was dangerously obsessed with the guest. And I think it was mostly because of the music. Music yeah. is awesome. The score for both of those was incredible. Stranger Things gets a lot of credit for that type of score, but I mm-hmm. feel like the guest did it before Stranger Things. It's the same person. Is it really? Yeah. That's it's the mind same blowing. Group. Uh, it's Survivor. these two guys named Michael Stein and Survive. Some other guy. Survive, yeah. Survive. And so they came so. out with an EP, and the Duffer Brothers brought him on for. Stranger Things. No. And then they released a full album, and then they released another full album. Oh, my God. And they, most of the songs from the EP are the ones that are in the guest. That's awesome. That's wild. But it, so something that I thought was interesting, because we did the guest for one of the podcasts, and it's one of those movies where you're not wrong if you think this way. You're not wrong if you think that's this way. There's different ways to look at it. So, like, about halfway through the guest, I realized that, the director's in on the joke. Oh, I get it. This is intentional, you know. I thought the displaced music was kind of our cue that, like, nudge, nudge, we're kind of having a sense of humor about this. You know, we're, we're, we're not legitimately trying to be a serious action movie here. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like with the guests, there was one scene in the bar fight uh, when he beats all those kids up. Yeah. He turns his head, and he turns his head so quick that you hear this, like, and I was like, okay, that's funny. That's right, gotta be right. And and the other two guys in the podcast were like, I don't think that that was intentional. I they felt like the guest was very campy and cheesy, and they couldn't take it seriously. And they weren't convinced that that was intentional. And I think that there's been some slack with it. Follows people really didn't like the music. They're like, 
I don't get it. Where does it come from? What does it want? You know, all of these unanswered questions that, in my mind, make it, that's why I really liked it. They lost it for, for No, them. I think it's more of like a cerebral sort of horror, like especially with It Follows, mm-hmm. as opposed to The Guests. Um, like, like, that's what I like the most about It Follows, is that you don't know what it wants specifically. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of, um, like, kind of like a John Carpenter sort of vibe. Yeah. The music is almost a direct nod to John Carpenter, who yeah. wrote all his scores. Totally. In the 80s. Totally. And it's like, um, kind of like Halloween in a way. Yeah, I mean, the creature is like an it. updated version of Michael Myers. I mean, as far as like the slow, it's always oh, coming yeah. right for you. Yeah, never you know? stops, yeah. You can and get away for a second, but then it's, it's not too far behind. Yeah. So this was the second movie that that guy, David Robert Mitchell, did. And I guess he had a nightmare when he was little. Yeah, he was being chased by this creature, and it was always coming for him. And then when he wrote the screenplay, he came up with the extra sexual idea. Transmission. Yeah, which, <laughs> like, like, yeah, the, the illusion, the transmission the of illusion a demon. is, is yeah. pretty right off the cuff. But I was listening to it and watching it today, and first of all, the movie is timeless. There, within the movie, there's people swimming, there's winter coats, there's light jackets, there's <laughs> devices from the future, there's right. cell phones, there's cars from the 70s. And yeah. then like old All, TVs from yeah, the 70s exactly. too. And so it's just got this dreamlike quality that you don't know when or where this movie takes place. You know? Wow. But... The th- so uh, like, you just uh, blew our minds, yeah. Jimmy. No, I, like I never... It's weird, right? Yeah. yeah, I never gave it that... Uh, but it's not in your face about it. It is. You know, it's very I mean, like on the surface, it's like a horror thriller, and if that's all you watch it for, then it's great, and I think it's successful, and I think that that's when a lot of people were like, this is so dumb, I can't believe that they thought that they could electrocute it, which the ending, I thought, was dumb, but... It looked great. A, yeah, <laughs> it, it looked cool. It looked I read this interview great. with the director where he was like, the plan that they come up with is the stupidest plan ever. He said, this is a plan that like the gang from Scooby-Doo would have come up with. So it was intentional for him as a writer. But it's unfortunate because a lot of people watching it are like, this movie, the ending was dumb. Well, but, I mean, how would a group of teenagers, mm-hmm. they're teenagers, right? Or mm-hmm. young adults react to an unknown terror that never stops what can, and you can't see what would anybody do in that situation so i was going to ask both of you this yeah. what would you do like what would be your strategy to escape would you like try to get on a plane and it would, i would well, that, that unfortunately that's the one thing if if you never know if i would never know the information that i would transmit this i keep calling him demon he's not really a demon we're not really sure what it is. What it is. That I would right? transmit it yeah. sexually. How would I even know that? But I would can't. just try to get away. If I, if I kept looking over my shoulder and be like, this weird, like, but <laughs> this even to weird, like, yeah. deteriorating person is always changing and always following me. And you can't see it. But if you had the information <laughs> that the characters in the movie have, which they is slowly that girl gain, well, they knows, slowly knew, right. she, the guy tells her, in the sort very of gives her yeah, the, yeah. the very basics of like... He just says, like, look. This, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you had that information, like, oh, what man. would you do? I would... Well, I would... <laughs> first, uh, yeah, I'd hop a plane, and then I'd have to... Oh, that'd be, oh, that'd be hard. I mean, would you try to kill it? I mean, I guess... Kill it? Try to fight back? 
You'd want to say, like, of course I would want to say right now, definitively on the air. That you would kick it. I, off. Yeah, I'd turn around and be like, hey, man, <laughs> but don't you follow it. me, it. You wouldn't, like, you pass it, it off. I'd try to tell Sarah, and she'd be like, you're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> like, like, whatever, get lost. But you don't know if Sarah is it. Like, isn't that kind of, like, part of the movie where... That's true, yeah. Where it can take any form. Well, so, so so you're telling me to go through this to try to say, what would I do? It would destroy my relationships. I'd develop a, <laughs> an incredible sense of paranoia and untrust in everyone. I'd yeah. flee. Like, I'd flee to another country, and there it would be. Oh, there's no escaping this. So no. if you think they were smart enough to be, like, lead it into the pool... We can't see right. it. We yeah, know it's there, and we will idea. electrocute I mean, the shit out of it. Shit. It's easy yeah. to be a critic when you're watching <laughs> a horror movie. You know, there's a lot of people who are like, "God, people make such dumb decisions in horror movies." Because it's like that they do. They for sure do. Oh, but yeah. people in high stress situations, you don't always make a clear headed decision. They nailed it on their first attempt. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, "To the it. pool, <laughs> get the toasters, get the microwaves." It. Like yeah, we yeah, got yeah. it. Put her in the pool. <laughs> I don't think it's a terrible Lucky idea. Lucky bastards. I, I mean, like, I really didn't think, like, it was a, an awful plan. I didn't think With, it was like, a bad With, like, the resources ending. that they had. I, just, I don't I, know. I, I didn't mean, like the it's ending ingenious. when it started throwing things into the pool because that, then I felt like it started to, like, break this mythology where it's yeah. like, so is it, it learning? Bro- yeah. I mean, they like, really yeah. assumed a lot about it. They were like, this guy's too stupid. It can get gonna... aggressive instead yeah, of... Yeah, like, um, like it was very smart. I think that wasn't that one of the things where the guy told her that it was very smart and it learns was part of it. Oh, oh I thought you said it didn't. It didn't learn? I think you guys are pointing out the big break in its mythology, like you said, the whole movie. I, maybe we'll say 70% of the movie. It is following, and that's really all it is, and you can't let it catch you. Yeah. But then there's a a shift where it becomes aggressive. It fights for Mm -hmm. itself. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that there is a a metaphor that is maybe being overlooked by people who take the movie too literally, that the movie is telling... Trying to deliver a larger message to its audience. Uh, my my thought is not an original thought. This is what I had read, but the kids are all at a very funny age where they're in like the end stage of childhood. Yeah, you know? I, I didn't want to say teenager, but young adult sounds wrong too. Yeah, but they're, like, yeah, I would guess like sixteen or seventeen. Yeah. So you know, the idea of it is adulthood. And it's this thing that is inescapable, and you can't run from it. And all these kids, you know, they chose sex because sex is the first big milestone into adulthood. You know, it's not voting, it's not drinking, it's, you know, sex. It's something that you'll remember. Yeah, like in one scene it shows her getting ready, and you see like a kid peeping in her window. You know, and you kind of imagine that a couple years ago she was like one of those little kids and now she's growing into a woman and, right. you know, they're like having these feelings that they haven't felt before. Or that like 15 years later, that same kid peeping through the window would be like, I remember this one time I was peeping through yeah, the yeah, window yeah. and it was so hot. <laughs> like that was... She's wearing these hot, really old women <laughs> she's underwear. She's so hot. <laughs> yeah. From the 80s or the future? Who knows? Yeah. I think it was some guy's dream. <sighs> It's the fact that it could follow you, and maybe that's the message that it's trying to send, as you were saying, is that, is it be careful who you, who you truly have give yourself? Or? I didn't want to say who, be careful who you sleep with, 
but more like be careful who you really give your full self to. Is yeah. it worth it? Because they're going to follow you to the end of your days. It's an interesting like well, question of moral compass too. Because I heard I was looking at this Reddit thread about it today, and this guy, one of his thoughts for getting rid of it was to have a giant, massive orgy. And, <laughs> but if you, don't, if you don't warn people what they're in store for, then they're going to be easily killed, and then it comes back to you. Yeah. So if you're the one being followed. Just because you have sex with somebody doesn't mean you're in the clear. Right. Because if they die, it comes back to you. It would would have to be an endless, infinite orgy. Because even if you took a (laughs) hey, it's the weekend, like, see you guys Monday. It's like, there's still the one guy who's like, I was the last one. And everybody's putting their clothes on, you're like, oh, you know what I forgot to tell you? There's this thing, you guys. You're going to (laughs) start seeing this thing. Totally sorry. Totally meant to mention it. He just hands out a flyer at the end of the orgy. Just in the, case. Check was, out this It Follows Facebook page. You can track it. Yeah. <laughs> track it app. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so many of these questions that they don't answer, I think, helps make it so fascinating. But I think that there's also a level where it's like, okay, it is also just a movie. The idea that we could put, like, it's trying to say something about us. You know, it's all... In the eye of the beholder. It's totally, all, uh, totally. I don't think there's a wrong or a right answer. Yeah. I think usually when you the... ask, ask these questions, you like look back at the director's resume. Yeah. And you're like, well, what kind of director That's... is this? You know, like yeah. with Kubrick. <laughs> with Kubrick or with Polanski, you kind of know like, okay, I'm assuming every scene... And every shot is intentional and says something, so that's one thing. But this is the second movie this guy's ever done, you know? So the music, I adored i loved the music awesome the music was phenomenal and that seems to be this like it's a growing trend yeah now would you say that that it follows was your first recollection of this new this no i think drive was wave drive yeah Yeah. you're right because drive was cliff martinez yeah and i've been discovering cliff he did uh solaris yeah, yeah, Clooney. Yeah. Which I didn't really like. The, that's another remake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I didn't. But the music was great. He did uh, the Nick. I've never oh, seen yeah, the Nick. Yeah, the Clive the Owen Clive, show. Yeah. Yes, I and this, I've never seen the show. But the score is so amazing that wow, I want to start watching I didn't the show now. He did that. But um, yeah, I think Drive was the first one that I saw. Which is funny because you don't see any other genre of movie kind of adapting this like homage tribute style. Specifically you know. with the music, mm-hmm. which like House of the gives Devil? it a vibe Did you ever of itself. Uh, no, House of the that Devil. That was a Ty West movie, and he's mm-hmm. kind of a new. Oh a yeah, new guy I know too. what you're talking about with the babysitter. Yeah, and, yeah, you're right. That w- that was like the same kind of similar score. Um, but it's right? interesting. Yeah, it is. It, it was. It's interesting too because like it follows. Like I said, there's a like a conflict between you know, is it take place now? Is it take place in the past? And there's no nudge like there is in the guest, you know. In the guest, there's yeah. so there, it's an action movie, then it's a horror movie, then it's a thriller, then it's a drama. But with House of the Devil, it was just from the beginning to the very end. There was nothing anachronistic. I love that word. That just means um, <laughs> something that is not fitting of the House, time period that it takes place in. House of the Devil was like it's been a while. It's been a few years since I saw it, but it was. Set in a time period? It was, it was in the was 70s. Set, was it set in the 70s? Mm-hmm. But it doesn't come off as an homage film because it simply is. 
you know, there's no like nudge, there's no joke. There, right, just right. Like, oh, look, we're in the seventies. Exactly. <laughs> like, there's some movies that that do, but yeah, it's like it's 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 usually horror now that will have these um, retro new wave, whatever you want to call it, like Don't Breathe or Just a Raw. That's in theaters right now. The movie Raw. I don't know that. Um, it's playing a music box right now. I think okay. it's limited release, but it's a horror film, and the music is. Um, you could call it this new wave, like we're talking, like the mm-hmm. Cliff Martinez. But I the, love it. I but think it's but great. it almost gets like Baroque orchestral. Oh, really? Like very sinister, like Dracula vibes going on. Wow. And it's def- it's a definite horror film about uh, a vet student. Cool. Uh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, Raw? She, yeah, it's called Raw. She's she's a vet, a vet a veterinary student who's a vegetarian and uh, like maybe in you know we'll say in the first act eats meat. She's got to eat meat for the first time. I don't really want to spoil too much because yeah, I've heard it. It's, it was crazy, huh? But it had the same music. It was it in a in a very more orchestral sense, more than mm-hmm. electronic, but the same. It's a toss. It's it's a toss back. To horror, like you're, it's, mm-hmm. it's all the original horror genre that pushed these limits, that pushed this uh, score. Did you see The Witch? Yeah. No, I was just gonna say that was kind of um, like I got like a Kubrick kind of feel from that, like with the score and everything. Like it wasn't the music; it was all orchestrations, mm-hmm. like like wires, super haunting, just but like super inappropriate in a great way. Like yeah. they would show this really wide shot of just like the end of some woods and this like right. really haunting like very percussive. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like shit. What am I missing? Yeah. What is what is in this frame that I'm not seeing? Yeah. And it was like unsettling. Which Super was unsettling. unsettling. Uh, it Follows was like dread. If I, I could watched. like sum words up. <laughs> if I could like sum movies up in single words, which would be unsettling. I yeah. watched those those two movies like very close to each other so I kind of associate That was the same them. time. There was, it was a trilogy of movies. It was It yeah. Follows I saw. Mm-hmm. The Witch and um, The Duke was that was available like the exact same time. And they all if you think about it they all have with it follows is a lot more of the eight. Well, I want to say eighties because it is very John Carpenter, and my favorite John Carpenter's were eighties mm-hmm. that I know he did the score for. And I then, think he did the score for all of them, didn't he? Most well, Ennio Morricone did the thing, but he did oh, yeah, he did do a couple right. songs still. Like and uh, and then the witch had the very rhythmic, mm-hmm. which is that's all that's all the eighties. The Carpenter music is it. I mean, it's all in a synthesizer, but it's all rhythm. It's all. The, the beats the dong dong you know <laughs> and, the, and the witch is the same thing just with like the clack clack like it's very more woodwind percussion and then the Babadook is almost like a meshing of, of the two orchestral and modern music from the Babadook I loved it I mean it, it was definitely secondary where mm-hmm. I would say the music was, was a primary character of It Follows and the witch it added to the level of uncomfortableness mm-hmm. because there isn't really a melody ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know that's true. like I, I can't think of one anyways it's right like a, now a pinnacle of, yeah. of sound just kind of like a whole yeah yeah <laughs> yeah very natural and and unfamiliar and uh the babadook was definitely a secondary role musically but it has the same elements it's rhythmic yet uh uh synthetic does that make sense I haven't seen stuff. the Babadook. You never saw the Babadook? I never saw the Babadook. Oh, man. That's it's the, hard for me. I'm glad that you said that because I don't want to say too much about it yeah. because it was definitely worth the watch. But it was another like, holy shit, 
I'm so glad when something new and original comes along because I try to I try to watch things that I don't think that I'm gonna like because yeah. I don't want to be that like pretentious yeah asshole right. that's right. like oh my god like I watched Creep with Mark Duplass oh, which was like I a comedy want, horror I've, I've scrolled past it so many times <laughs> I've seen it. I mean it's not a horror movie <laughs> yeah I watched the Poltergeist remake oh, okay yeah, well, that. That was is it Sam Rockwell upsetting. is that right yeah, yeah he's okay. the dad yeah oh, and that me. was like such a weird choice I know casting wise it's, I feel like they had to do like a shot for shot remake to like keep it safe I guess right. and to not you know to keep the old fans or they do like the reimagining style where they take a risk of like being too bold or whatever not a movie that needs a remake no like it kind of, Poltergeist is kind of a perfect movie of its time it is. in a lot it's of ways it's one of my favorite it's in my top that, five yeah. favorite horror that, movies that one shocked sure. me that they like went there and tried to do that with like Craig T. Nelson like the thing about that was like it could be anybody's parents. Yeah, oh, yeah. like any family, right? Yeah, like totally. Sam. Rock, I, I love Sam Rockwell. He might be one of my favorite actors. Um, the remake, but wrong for that sort of role. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like people don't cast. Like that's a larger problem of horror movies where people don't cast the same way anymore. Whereas, mm-hmm. like in the past, they used to cast people more as like every man. Like mm-hmm. Craig T. Nelson was never a huge. <laughs> Coach. Yeah, he. I mean, like the biggest he ever was was Coach. Yeah, and and Coach was kind of an everyman, you know. But uh, like that family could have been every, anybody's family, and I think that's like the point of the movie. But you bring in somebody like Sam Rockwell, and then the wife was that woman from The Slap, right? From what? The Slap. You ever watched I The Slap? I don't think I had ever seen oh, anything. Man. Of- and I don't mean to sidetrack us too much, but have you have you seen the sequels to Poltergeist, the original? I saw weird, them right? They are the weirdest movies ever made. Super weird. The third one was just way too much of a departure that I don't even... They blend together in my head. Rosemary. Is that where the Native American man comes to? No, that's in the second one. The <laughs> yeah. guy, the gospel singer. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was really weird. The, uh... The third one was the one in the skyscraper when she, like, goes to live with her grandma or something. What's the girl's name? Caroline? Caroline. Heather O'Rourke? Not, not Caroline. You know, she died really young. She did. That's yeah. really sad. That Some poor like girl. Con- I think it was a congenital Both on screen and off. Just a terrible, terrible <laughs> life. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. She should have gotten together with Danny Lloyd. Who's Danny Lloyd? Who was the little kid from The Shining. What did he do? Oh, yeah. He did nothing else. That was Shining was the only movie he was He's in. Riding but way. was he like the little boy from The Christmas Story where he went off and just lived a normal life? Yeah. He, he okay. teaches in Illinois. Okay. Well, well that's in a good Indianapolis story. now. Yeah. That's, oh, that's, that's great. a happy, that yeah, that's that's a happy story. Yeah. Good, good for you, kid. No that was a f***ed up movie to be a part of. Yeah. <laughs> put, <laughs> You're right. It put Shelley Duvall in like a permanent <laughs> state of... What a shitty oh, movie. Yeah, God. that would just be an awful, awful set to... Like Stanley Kubrick, like... Obviously, the the proof is in the pudding with Stanley Kubrick. Uh, putting those actors through that hell made awesome movies, but to be on that set was probably the worst thing imaginable. Like yeah. to be Shelley Duvall in on Can The Shining, imagine? like that woman. Like no wonder the only other movie she ever did was Popeye. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you, you see that scene on the stairs with oh her in The Shining and you're like, oh my god, that's amazing because your performance is incredible and I know you're not that good of an actress. Yeah. So to, losing I mean, it. didn't they do like 70 some takes of that? Just or kept, yeah, yeah. Over and over and over, over again. And over that's again. a movie where like even the documentary about The Shining <laughs> yeah, yeah, scares yeah. me. I can't, <laughs> I can't watch, even on like a Saturday afternoon at 1 o'clock in the afternoon, I can't, I can't watch the documentary 
documentary about yeah. The Shining, The Room, whatever it is. And uh, I love The Shining. I think that movie's so good. But yeah, Stanley Kubrick was a nut job. It's another one that's like on the surface. It's a great like haunted house ghost story movie. Yeah. But then, like you said, in Room Two Three Seven. Right, right. And I'm sure like you could do a whole other podcast about all that stuff. About like, I won't go I into really it. Well, it's the way that the uh, they talked about it in the documentary, but the the architectural structure of the hotel didn't make sense. You know, windows where there shouldn't be windows. Oh yeah, the camera pans. You'll yeah. see one hallway where one should go and then as it moves into the next hallway it, it adds like a whole nother wing that mm-hmm. if you really think about it yeah, should never in. exist yeah. it's crazy it's a, the whole thing is mm-hmm. amazing just like built hallways in a circle <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it never stops you're a pretty big Stephen King fan Norm huge you're probably the biggest Stephen King fan you excited about Dark Tower? I am dude I am and I'm I had I hadn't realized that the Dark Tower is coming out in what July? Yeah, I've been so focused. So I've been so focused on it though, the It remake, Stephen oh, King. Oh yeah. But to know that Dark Tower is coming out, Dark Tower is this is more fantasy than horror. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna stick to that. Fantasy than horror. Yeah, I I haven't read Dark Tower, but it's well, but... it's interesting, and, and it's funny that you you got the Dark Tower, you got the Shining. You've got what we mentioned, the Baba Duke, and mm-hmm. it follows, and the witch, and every single one of these is a horror film. Mm-hmm. The belief in an evil is what pushes the evil forward. Explain that. You have the the knowledge of the sex, the sexually transmitted disease, and it follows that pushes the story forward of this girl escaping mm-hmm. yeah. through a belief, and the other characters have to believe with her because they can't see it. But they know that something's going on. I mean, there's a couple times they see her like mangled around you know or like when kind of almost caught right in the witch you have the the simple belief of evil powers evil demon worship which is in the woods yeah that causes the faith this the self implosion of a family right and in the baba duke you have the mother you know believing that it's not herself or her relationship with her child or how she's raising her child it's the belief in an evil entity in the house I don't know, but I believe you. <laughs> no, it's it's very pushing. The Shining, you got, you know. The... Who knows what the. F- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So was, I, I mean, still don't know. Like, I still... get this movie, then they show well, the last frame it's, it's, with it's the a, painting, and it's like, oh god. Just as a ghost on. and a haunting, yeah. Just as each one is a ghost or a haunting of some kind. Yeah. All the way up to then, what was after the Shining? What did you say? What was after the Shining? Oh yeah, the Dark Tower series. Yeah. It's it's his constant. No one knows for sure, but his belief that the Dark Tower, the source of all evil, is how he can save his world. So everyone pushes towards the evil that's pursuing them. That's really interesting. <laughs> to, when I, when to, I first saw to find a resolution in it. When I saw it follows, I, it reminded me of that was, that was um, Sorry. Nightmare on Elm Street a lot. Not just because of the '80s vibe necessarily, but yeah. kind of like what you were saying with the belief, like that tall guy, <laughs> the tall man, and it follows when. She turns. It's coming through the oh, bedroom yeah. door. That yeah. is the single freakiest scene in that whole movie. Right. When I saw that, like I, st- we we paused the flick. I stood up. I was just like, duh. Like, what yeah, was yeah. that? That it was, was like, who would guess that a really tall guy in a small space would be so terrifying? Oh my god! And like the the white underwear, like mm-hmm. <laughs> shirt and bottom. It's like, it's like never the most think about minimalistic uh, wardrobe. But when he got when he comes into the room, you know, of course her friend can't see it. But not only that, he can't interact with her because she doesn't believe 
Right. You know, like he comes in and he like pauses until she moves so that he can like get around it. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, holy <laughs> this is like a like Nightmare on Elm Street oh, all over yeah. again. Where, because that's like one of my all-time favorite franchises. Is it really? Yeah, I love the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. What do you think of the new one? I liked it. Yeah, with uh, the guy from Bra- the yeah. Breaking Away. What yeah. was his name? Uh, Jack Earl Haley. Jack yes, Earl yes, Haley. yes. Yeah. I thought it was... I mean, I, I wasn't one of those guys that's like, you go to Robert England, and it's like, no, you actually can't, because he's such a, a character actor that, you know... Because Freddy Krueger was a child rapist, according to the lore. Right, right. And I think they make, their, they make it so light so quick. And I do love the old 80s movies. You forget that he's a child rapist. One of the only child rapists. Yeah, you're like, oh, he's this goofy guy that they burned up. (laughs) And now Brecken Meyer is inside of a video game. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) So, but yeah, I mean, I think they're a blast to watch. But I think the mythology that they build over these films that's like, you know, uh, I think it's the third one that... Pretty blatantly rips off Inception that got ripped off by Inception. I'll just say oh. they like put each other to sleep, yeah. and then they have somebody like stand guard over them to, to like wake them up, you know, like to be yeah. their kicker. And then they all get together inside the dream and they take out Freddy. You think That's Chris Nolan was like watching Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. three? Man, yeah. I'm pretty sure I Which created one? that in my head. I can't really get that yeah. up. It's so hard to accuse him of such things because he's so I proper it. with his British you know, he's accent. He's probably like sitting down, like having a drink, well, but, watching uh, the, uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three. It was quite and then nice. He laid down and have a dream and woke up and he was like, "I've been incepted in my dream." Yeah. I'll never admit to Nightmare on Elm Street. Which one was ne- well, which one was Nightmare on Elm Street Three? What I was think, the subtitle? I think Dream Child it's is the one. Dream Child that that got really clever with how they were like taking out Freddy and like some of the filming styles which I also thought was fun and it follows some of the really slow slow tracking shots oh yeah where totally. it kind of plays into the story the camera work moves like it would move mm-hmm. you yeah. know and it's really really effective definitely yeah. Do you guys like that you never find out like exactly what it is? Or are you the type of guy who who wants like a, a backstory to the uh, I whatever? Guess I the wanted a couple more is. answers. I took it as simply as like it's a sexually transmitted disease. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It, as it as strange as it is, like I wouldn't want to be like it's a demon or it's yeah. a haunting. And I even took it where you're saying uh, we were saying like what happens if it catches you? Yeah, it'll mangle you and stuff, but. I, I guess this is my own opinion because it never really gives you credence to believe this, but that the the it's that she sees falling or how it's always changing. I figured it was other people that that it got like, mm-hmm. that, that were yeah, caught every, every, because they're all seen, in their underwear. Seen in a previous scene in the movie, they're all either in their underwear like, or uh, naked, like in a very sexual yeah, manner. Like you know, it's yeah, it's like a dream where it's like it can only take forms of people that you've seen yeah. in your life. Like it uses like your memories against you. Wasn't yeah. that a part in the movie where he, like he he talks about how it takes the form of people that you know mm-hmm. or something it could be like that? It, yeah, it could, yeah. Well, I thought it was interesting when. So it shows the girl at the very beginning that dies, and then it like right. moves into a totally separate story. So I think that the girl who dies at the beach must have had sex with the guy who gave it to Micah Monroe. Yeah, it comes back. To and him. so when he goes, because I'm like, okay, so he goes to the movies with this girl. He must not 
think that it's still after him because he's like totally at peace and is such a piece of shit can we like mention that for a moment like is not as worried as somebody would be in that situation Mm -hmm. i'm sorry i mean no no that's true that's true so that's why i'm like well maybe he had sex with somebody passed it on and then he's like all right cool i'm in the clear yeah and then went to the movies with her and then you know pointed out you don't see that woman up there and then he's like oh you gotta go right now that's right. So some girl gave it to him at a bar. He must have given it to that girl that died on the beach. It and that girl dying is when it went yeah, back yeah. to him. Okay. So, but it is interesting that he, like, gives her forewarning. Yeah. Because you're not, I mean, you're kind of doing her a favor, but he's also protecting himself, too, because the better prepared she is, the less likely he is to die. Right. And it was one of those things. So he, he sleeps with her. He knocks her out. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that, chloroform yeah. or something? And then to say, is that all he could do is be like, you'd never believe me even if I said it. So you're here tied to this wheelchair right now. Like, well, I tell you. Yeah. So like, what's the whole point of taking her, tying her to the wheelchair just to show right. her? Well, you're right in the sense that he is very, almost apologetic. Mm-hmm. Like in a way. Yeah. Like he, he explains it perfectly. He's like, all you got to do, you know, yeah. you sleep with somebody or like, so he, I guess it is. You, you, I would agree that you were right. Yeah, he's a dick because he was just like, "Hey, baby," but you're right. It isn't until he sees the thing in the theater that they move on, and then he does give her a full briefing. Like, "Sorry, I kind of did this to mm-hmm. save my own life." Yeah, I like, believe I don't think in it was you. I don't think it was premeditated. No, it, that he was, gonna it was unfortunate her. that that he used his date to to survive. It's like the scene towards the end where she walks out to that boat. There's a boat on the lake, and she like walks out to the boat, and then it shows her in the car, and she's soaking wet, and she's crying. Yeah. So I'm assuming that she had sex with at least one of the guys on that boat. Right. Which yeah. is a very uncharacteristic thing of her to do, but I think she's at the point where she's like, fuck it, I gotta try whatever. Right. I mean, she has sex with the, the, that Greg guy who looks like Corey Matthews' older brother from <laughs> Boy Meets World. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about Will Friedle. <laughs> and and she has sex with her best friend. The uh, they and gave him the the role of the awkward. Yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. But is that something that's cleared up by the end? Because I thought it was open to like they're together now to keep it. I got there. The, I got that they were together. They, they have each other's back, but you don't really know who mm-hmm. is following technically, right? Yeah. Right. You know. But but then it it comes. Fold of he he honestly comes forward as like I can help you mm-hmm. and this is how I can help you because guess what I care about you and that's a big push for their characters in the film. Mm-hmm. It's not him just trying to be like oh I'll protect you <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. and they're like get out dweeb you know yeah yeah it turns Go down home, Roger. it's turned down it, it it really comes down to her almost saying thank you in a way them mm-hmm. having a true understanding of care. Yeah, it's kind of like this theme of sacrifice. Like, yeah. I'm willing to put my life at risk. Right. And at least he could see it now, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. So, the end, it shows them holding hands, and there's somebody walking behind them. And I'm led to believe that's probably like a little nudge, like it's still out there. Yeah. And then at the last minute, it looks away, which, according to the mythology, they, it doesn't. you haven't seen it, it like, great concentration. That's yeah. true. So it's like... So so is it like an Inception ending spinning top sort of thing Ooh. or like or like they slept together and then she was all like it's totally cool like give it to that chick or yeah, that yeah. guy or maybe maybe <laughs> like the true 
Like, maybe love solved all. Maybe, like, it's dead. Maybe that's what it wanted. Was uh, like, a true commitment. Maybe that's, like, its weakness. A true commitment. People that will then stay together. Oh, I thought you were going to, like, make a scissor. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a scissor. No, no. No, like, the, the, the man and the girl, he takes it from her. That's a good point. It could, it could either be that he takes it from her and they decide to stay together because they don't want to give it to anybody else mm-hmm. in some sort of, like... Wasn't that the, like they were giving it, yeah, back and forth? Or was, wasn't that their well, plan? It, that would, technically, that's how you would... Uh, that's very interesting, Joey. And, and Jimmy, the, this could be the, the key right here. Maybe if it, what, it, what it always wanted was a, a serious relationship, a commitment between like a two people. Or like a true symbol of... Compassion. And I guess the only way you could think about it was if they gave it back and forth to each other. <laughs> eventually get to the point where it's in the room and you just have to keep banging. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, he's like one. standing over him, freaking out. Right. Who do I follow now? But that's that's very true. It yeah. looks away at the end. You don't know if it actually was it behind them. They both acknowledge the presence of someone behind them, so you never know who it could be following between yeah. the two of them. Uh, yeah, like I, that's the my least favorite part of those movies. That's and really interesting. It's like as soon as they start answering questions, it's no weird? longer subjective. Yeah. And like, uh, and like even like Lost, which is like a bad example, but like the best anyone who's like watched Lost from beginning to end <laughs> knows that the best part of Lost is when you don't know. Yeah, when, when the you didn't know a damn thing, and when they start answering questions, like that's the worst part of Lost. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and I feel that way about It Follows, and that's my favorite part about It Follows, is it never explains all of those things. And I feel that way... Yeah. So I feel that way about a lot of movies, especially with horror. Like, I feel like with horror, less is more. Yeah, I think that's why The Blair Witch was so effective on me. Yeah. And, I mean, I remember getting goosebumps when they're doing the interviews at the beginning of The Blair Witch. Right. And there's that old woman that's like, she was covered in hair? Yeah. And her feet never touched the ground? I was yeah. like, oh my god, yeah. what? That's the classic childhood campfire story. Yeah, you know, and they like, showed the Blair Witch in the new one. That was like... Right, yeah. That was kind yeah. of... I mean, that was very, very short. So I was going to ask you, too, when you're watching a horror movie, the two big elements are, like, the build-up and the suspense and dread, and then, like, the payoff or, you know, the showdown or the attack. Which one do you... Like, which one do you um, find more interesting? I would say the dread, for sure. You're the dread? Yeah. I'd be a dread man, too. Yeah. I'm a dread man. And yeah. I think the people that like the payoff are not, don't really like It Follows. You know, like, I can understand. I agree. It's, um, it's, all, it's constant building dread. Yeah. People that want the payoff are people who like movies like Mama. Mama? Here's Mama. I saw Mama. You like Mama? I liked the, uh, I liked the short... I like the short version of Mama. I don't Mama's like the long a touchy version subject. of Mama. Mama is a very touchy subject for I me because Mama. the director and the I producer is was... doing the It remake, the Stephen King It remake. Uh, Andy, oh. Andy Muschietti. Mush, oh man, Muschetti? that makes that's, I can't that's say disappoints it. me. No, but it's. I'll be excited to see the It remake. Mama. The Mama short film was terrifying. You would dig it the most, and the Mama film wasn't. The Mama film wasn't that bad. Mama, the film. I couldn't stand it. Really? Just, yeah. Like, Jessica Chastain, like, what is she doing in that movie? <laughs> they, they were like, hey, you, you want to make this movie, you got to do Mama. You got to see the Mama short, because it's very much the same thing. It was nah. it was a short film where you were like, yeah. holy shit. I believe you. That's cool terrifying. And very specific. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, Hollywood's like, hey, let's do it. <laughs> let's 
build it up. Let's crank it out. Mama two, well, so Mama three, Mama four. Guillermo del Toro. He produced. He produced Mama. Uh-huh. Did he oh, direct the short? No, uh, the and Andy guy. Uh, the I can't say his last name. Machete, Machenti. I can't mm-hmm. think of it right now. He did the short. Guillermo saw it and was like, "Hell yeah, this is this is some new horror right here. Let's run with it." It was the same thing with the Lights Out. It was the short. It was really good. And then they tried to make a a movie that would succeed off of that. Mom was Lights pretty, Lights Out. The movie was terrible. It was really yes, bad. really bad. I know. I but I the liked short, it just the because shortest. I really really like David Sandberg, mm. and he's a really active redditor. What else has he done? So he's got like nine short films on YouTube. Okay. And they're all like under three minutes. Yeah. And they're all absolutely genius. Um, <laughs> yeah. On a very low, low budget. It's just him and his wife um, that do these short films. And like this um, American filmmaker dream like came about, you know, like you put the short film out there. New Line Cinema likes it. They hire you to direct the yeah. movie. And they, they were like, we'll either pay you X amount of money. And he said, no, I want to direct it. And I want a percentage of box office sales. And they're like, all right, that's fine. Yeah. So then he directed Lights Out, and then they liked it, and they gave him Annabelle 2, which he okay. told me he yeah, yeah, hated yeah. the first one. Huh. He was like, that's kind of cool because I get to like do whatever I want now with the second one. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's like, strikes me as a pretty nice guy. Both of those guys just did the Q&A at South by Southwest for the, really? the horror. They, he showed his trailer or footage of Annabelle 2 and had a Q&A with it, and then the Andy guy was there for it. The part one of the new It remake, like together on stage, it was wow. This, they're so they have so much in common as far as how they started and the films they're working on now. <laughs> but yeah, he's got he's got a bunch of stuff on YouTube. Yeah, that short was awesome. Like the Lights Out short. Yeah, perfect. But it doesn't need so anything effective. else. It doesn't. That yeah, was the problem. It's, it's like it's the jump for money. Yeah, I would like to see like yeah, I would see something else. Like, but I don't. I don't want to see that exact concept translated into a two-hour movie well, yeah guess... exactly because the short was three minutes long and that's the perfect length of time for a really cool idea yeah yeah that was the same with the mama short you guys, i wish you guys would have seen the mama short it's, we'll watch it it's just as good oh yeah you'll love it. it you're gonna watch it i think i think uh he has a better option than the dude with lights out got as far as now he's moving the, the same guy who did the mama short was great movie was meh, you know yeah. like huh but now he's giving a chance to work with it, Stephen King's it, yeah. and uh, being uh, already a- approved by the man himself. And apparently, but you audiences. never know what that means. Like Stephen King is. But they they showed that they showed that footage of South by Southwest, and the audience was screaming, is what mm-hmm. everyone's saying. You know, that is very much a. a what they have done to the movies that have been remade or rebooted, mm-hmm. Blair Witch or The Thing, now it. It was we we can look back at at these movies in the past and be like, oh, it was great, it was so fun, it was scary, but they're remaking it and they're constantly trying to make it scarier, make it more aggressive, more violent. So like you're saying, change the costume. It's not going to be the shiny. Yeah. Silver with the big orange yeah. fuzzy mm-hmm. buttons. It's not right. gonna be John Ritter right now. Yeah. Tandem bike. Yeah. Oh no, which yeah. was great. Dude. It was yeah. Like yeah. I love the love... TV show. I just watched it this past Halloween. Oh like, god, it, not that TV show. TV movie. The, the movie. Yeah. Sorry. They're going to try the to make it. It's going, yeah. Every every time they do this, it's it's got to be more violent, more terrifying, more realistic, which not yeah. so humorous, which is only 
uh, you know, a trap of the times it was in. Like in all exactly. aspects, like most people that it's are not like the, paying the for the '90s movies. is humorous to us now. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking back at that version of that it, that face-off was not. But that was to be very serious, no. very serious productions, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting because a lot of the throwback uh, horror movies, it makes. I remember when Stranger Things came out, there was a lot of people that felt nostalgic for a time that they were not around in right you know or they were like yeah. one yeah it's like yeah. you were born in 89 <laughs> you, absor- yeah. you absorb yeah, a i was bit. there you, you absorb a little bit of the generation that came before you though so like if we were all born in the mid 80s right so mm-hmm. like we sometimes i think we absorb a little because everything kind of carries over just a little Well, it's all bit. the influence you're looking you get to. All the, you it's get all the, re- the years you just yeah. missed. You get all the reruns of the years that you just missed. Like, so you have people that watch, like, Nick at Night. Like, I watched a lot of Nick at Night as a yeah. kid. So I have nostalgia for shows that were on when I wasn't alive. Like Pete, I, yeah. Pete. Yeah. Very true. And, and, like, like reruns of Pete. Like, Pete and Pete, if you think yeah. about it, was on, like, before I watched Pete and Pete. Right. But, but you they, were when, when I was the watching it, they were showing the reruns. Yeah. yeah. So you, like, sometimes, like, people who were maybe, like, five or ten years older than me, like, we can kind of have, um, like, the same interests, or, like, we can, we have, like, the same memories, of, like, the same shows, and, and it's because of that, like, carryover. There's always, like, five the or ten years push of, of, nostalgia. of overlap, and yeah. the common push of nostalgia, yeah, <laughs> and it's like that, uh... Like there was a there was a push that I think separated us from people who were just like maybe ten or fifteen years younger than us, um, where they didn't have like the dangerous toys that we had when we were kids, or like the dangerous playground, climb up twelve feet on the yeah, bars, right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. But people who like going all the way back to like the seventies, people experienced that. So like, there's overlap there, right? I know that but the music we're throwing back to. Yeah, yeah. And the music is—it's always nostalgia. Like all those movies are like. I mean, going back to like the original source, obviously, like John Carpenter, it wasn't about nostalgia. But no, I feel it's like what that, he had. He yeah, had that right. six-channel synthesizer. synthesizer and like, yeah. <laughs> but nowadays, like, it's just all just a nostalgia, just rave. Yeah. And I don't I, like it's so much so that I don't know what the prevalent like theme of this generation is. Like, do you guys feel like there's a, a dominant... Like, is there a sound that you think in 20 years they'll look back and say, oh, that was... That was 2010. That was yeah. the, oh, wow. Or, or do you... Th- because so much of it is just rooted in things that came 20 years before now. I don't think so. I mean, when I think about movies of the last five or eight years, it's pretty riddled with the Marvel movies. Yeah. And there's yeah. not a single theme... Or like note that I can sing from no. any Marvel movie. No. All the music yeah, is so holy crap! The best composers are moving away from that a little bit. Like you see, so you see with like the Batman Begins series. Yeah, Hans Zimmer is amazing. Zimmer, he's moving away from that. That like, okay, we have to have a superhero theme. Instead, it's there's a lot of synthesizer in the Dark Knight score. There is, yeah, but like that that whole it's, score is just like amazing. But there's no like Batman theme it's that like five melody instead hum. of a riff you could sing. Thank it's, you. Yeah. yeah, but like if you think when I think about like the Dark Knight or Batman Begins, I think of like two notes, right? So it's like the burn, uh, yeah, and that to me is like such a powerful theme. We got two notes, but you and I could both do the dun 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 dun, you know. So that's yeah. from what? But like why that's from there... fifteen twenty years before that. Yeah, 
And I can still call that to this day just as much as all now are singing right now. The only film we can remember from the past 12 years is the Batman. Right. Or the Inception. Which are They're like non-themes. I I wouldn't describe those as themes. They're like non-themes. Yeah, like what other other themes can you think of? I can't. can't. I can't think of it. A theme isn't important. What's important is the... Like I mean, like you, like people can make argument. You can say like, "Oh, Stranger Things had a theme," but like they, it's, they're no, really it's a, like it's a recognition themes. of melody. It's yeah, a, it's a recognition like if you hum the Stranger Things, Stranger Things theme, theme, theme into the microphone right now, uh, it's like uh, yeah, 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 oh, like nine arpeggios and <laughs> okay. Now do now do the Batman nineteen eighty nine theme. Yeah. It requires yeah. no like, <laughs> like you say Stranger Things and you're just like, dun, 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 dun. yeah. But like, <laughs> all right. I so, I, but I don't think it's um, I don't think it's like a an issue. I think that like we're moving more towards us like movies with non themes. And yeah, you're not that saying is, that it's necessarily a negative critique. It's no, just no, no, an no. observation. It's an observation of, like the times that we live in. Like the Man of Steel theme, I think is f-ing sick. The Man of Man Steel. Of Steel. I hate that f-ing movie. That's the one with Michael it. Shannon, right? Michael Shannon is John. Oh my god, I watched yeah. anything. It was. I saw that once. I hate that movie. I haven't watched it since. I hated the Batman versus Superman. I hate any movie that they make. With any of those characters <laughs> in the future, I'll tell you right now, all those movies are going to. Who stink. did the music for Man of Steel? Do you know Hans Zimmer? Hans and Zimmer, it's beautiful. Dude, he's it's killer. a beautiful score. But like, uh, it's a not that yeah. I couldn't hum it to you right now. No. I could tell it's you. too complex. Yeah, it's super complex. That's funny. Well, what if in like ten years, like some kid, the generation below us, is like watching Man of Steel, and they start running around. Singing whatever score that they is won't. the way we can sing Batman today. They won't do. There, there aren't so kids it's, going it's, around it's going. It's <laughs> 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 no, the one inception. It's it's yeah. a loss of theme, and the only thing we remember now is a feel and a nostalgia of feel in music and, and modern film today. That's what you're saying. Well, maybe I think it'll probably come back around because everything comes back around in 20 year increments so you'll so see so the music we're hearing right now is very much the 70s 80s I think it's the music we're hearing disco. right now we should have like an all music it's... episode oh man I think with like it's... okay so like narrowing this is getting to the best the music nowadays I'd argue it doesn't matter that we can't sing the theme if we can all sit down together and say oh the music I think is very you know much it, you know like if you said it can adds you, can to you your imagine feel the, of the movie can you can you sing the age of Ultron theme to my head I was like no I can't no, no. but I know the Stranger Things yeah. but only because that like goes back to our point of, instead of having the, the the sweeping synthesizer arpeggios of Stranger Things if it was like like you know strings yeah, yeah, yeah. building when they're looking at the thing coming out of the wall or even in It Follows if it wasn't that soundtrack if it was very much building tension classic orchestra scoring like we've all acclimated to mm-hmm. would it have resonated with you the same i don't know i feel like maybe it's lost its significance because there's so many you know blockbusters that come out that uh because you you're like desensitized to it almost you care for the characters of stranger things you yeah. accept the period it takes place in the time period 
And the music can, you can either say it's a throw, okay, so it takes place in the 80s, so here's music that sounds like it's from the 80s, the further immerse yourself in that timeline. Or is it very much a, I love Stranger Things because the characters were great, mm-hmm. it was thrilling, it, it, totally. build, it, it built itself incredibly well, and the yeah. music was just one extra part of it to be yeah. like, yes, and right. provided an emphasis yeah, and provided a sense of building tension. Totally, all of it. Is it nostalgia whole... or or is it uh, no? The I don't modern get the, I don't get nostalgia from Strange Things. Like I think that Stranger Things was taking um, the best of the old and mixing it with something new. Like I think that a grand Stranger, level. I don't think that Stranger Things was like derivatives of something that came before. Like if if it. If it was, it would be somebody trying to like cop John Williams or something like that. Like they took like they so didn't. they took from so many different random sources and made it their own that I thought that it was just it's it it's ultimately became so its own Stephen thing. King. It's, so it's Steven yeah Spielberg Stephen King, Stephen Spielberg, so and John Carpenter. Yeah, like it's like it's like nostalgic, time. but it's not like. It's not stealing from anything that came before, or like it's not coasting on pure nostalgia. Like I think that like I, and I know what you mean. I mean, it's, yeah. it it made me kind of reminisce the innocence of my youth. I mean, yeah. it's a mixture of both um, the music and you know also the the all the Steven Spielberg tropes, like you know the absent parent. And yeah. the, the empowered children that are like solving their problems on their own, which is kind of right. a horror movie thing too that we didn't really talk about. With it follows is that the mom, they show her a couple times, but they show like the side of her face, or they show her like with her hair covering her face, right? You know, which I think is cool. But uh, you guys definitely need to come back on. What? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to do next? Do you sure. Want to do the, do you want to do the Kurt Russell? Fest I'd next love time? to do Kurt Russell. That's something that I... Me and Mo talked about. Yeah. Uh, the three of us could each have a Kurt Russell movie and try to sell it to the other one. I could oh, do yeah. Kurt Russell, for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wait, we each do, each do a Kurt Russell movie we and try to sell it to the, the other? Table. Yeah. But we've all seen all the Kurt Russell movies. Yeah, but I mean, Have you like... seen Breakdown? <laughs> <laughs> Great point. <laughs> have you seen Breakdown, Joey? <laughs> no. All right. You got some homework to do. All right, well, you've been listening to 90.7 WAZU. We're here every Tuesday at 9. And uh, thanks for coming on, Joey. Thank you, guys. And thanks for coming on, Norm. Oh, thank you very much for having me. You can check out all of our episodes on the SoundCloud, and you can hear us every Tuesday. And until next time, I'm Jimmy Malone. (laughs) And I'm Joey Fondle. I'm Norm Burns. And you've been listening to Movie Show.